What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Today, Sean and I had a very efficient one. We jumped right in and we talked NBA first, basically about what hasn't gone on, but all the rumors that are swirling the Nets and the Knicks. Following that, we talked MLB. We broke down the Mets and the Yankees. Don't worry, the full MLB first half recap will be coming soon. After that, we dove deep into the Open Championship that is starting very early tomorrow. Sean gave out his foursome. He's all in now, everybody, as did I and a few other bets. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod, and we will talk to you soon. on everybody and welcome back to the sorry to interrupt podcast we're here on a wednesday night tom before the open championship uh we have some stuff to discuss as the sports calendar starts to slow down just a little bit but how you doing man i'm doing all right man how are you everything's great almost dying down here it's been about 108 every day so yeah, i was just bitching to you about the heat here but i guess you don't feel too bad about it um that is tough. I was down in uh, Charlotte earlier this week, and that just Yeah, how feels... was Carolina? It's cool. It's cool. Uh, the people down there, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how people I, I don't know how guys like you do it where you move down somewhere and it's just people are totally different cuz I honestly don't know if I could do it myself. Um, just being <laughs> from New York, it's like I'm sorry, I don't want to have a 20-minute conversation with my waiter. Um, right. You know what I mean? But um, I, I, it was very cool. Charlotte, I don't know if you've ever been there. It's actually I've a super been. cool city. But that heat, man, it's like different. It's like when I got out of a car, every time my glasses would fog up, it was so humid. Yep. Yeah, I've heard Charlotte's awesome, um, but I know it's definitely real hot there this time of year. But I hear you. Um, you know, like that was one of the biggest adjustments when I moved here is like that real I don't even southern think you're <laughs> Yeah, and everybody was like, Oh, how you doing? Like legitimately interested in your well-being and trying to have a conversation mm-hmm. while I'm planning three steps ahead what I'm going to do two hours from now. Like, you know, that very New England, New York mentality. So Yeah, but I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't live there, but I guess you just got to kind of join the pack because being three steps ahead down there doesn't really, nobody else is, so you don't have to be, I guess. I think what it is is just like, at least from my observations here, and I feel like Charlotte's probably the same because I know it's a growing city and, and a lot of people have been moving there of late, but it's one of those deals where, like, everybody's just happy to be where they're at, you know? Like, the weather's nice all the time. There's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those deals where it's like, what are you in a rush for? Like, it's another great day in Austin, right? So, yes, I'm sure, probably like that up there in Charlotte, too. No, it is for sure. Uh, it was, you know, the tough thing was no gambling uh, legally, that's that's tough it's, you know and it doesn't matter for a lot of people but that would get really annoying for me really quick well because you have access to it every day right yeah if i had never like if i let's say i had moved down there even in 2020 or just because it just happened in 2021 i wouldn't have known the difference but now that i can just place all these crazy bets because they just have so many lines and everything from my couch on my ass it's like and then I go down there and I got to use my my book or whatever and it's like you you're not giving me an alternate line you're not giving me how like if you if you check out the Substack which Sean you should subscribe let's support it a little bit here I don't you know, know I really should I, listen I I suck and we I can make I can make up reasons why I don't all do, I need uh, is your email TV shows but I need to actually so you know this is part of our show yeah and I'm but that's the thing is I'm big into the strikeout bets just because like I've been hitting I mean I we're gonna talk about the Yankees and that yesterday was just it it, it broke my spirit because oh. I had the Yankees minus one and a half in a lot of parlays um and I mean I'm hitting Straight up bets, if you take them straight up, which you should, I'm just giving people a little advice here, take them, parlay them together, take them straight up, I'm hitting them at like a 75% clip. And I'm hitting the no, parlays at probably like a 30% clip, so you're coming out both ways making money. With that being said, we're going to talk about the Open today. 
Um, the open's starting early tomorrow, so this pod's going out late, but the sub stack has been up since, I don't know, like 11 o'clock today, so that gives you plenty of time to get those bets that I put out there in, so I don't want to hear it. No, everybody, you know, listen, myself, subscribe, God damn it. Um, <laughs> I will be doing that as soon as we get off of I'm this sure call. you're subscribed to way less good shit compared to my, my sub stack on your email. And again, it's it's for the show. Mm-hmm. We're part of the show. I'm, I'm not supporting my teammate. That's a bad job by me. And everybody do a better job than Sean. Uh, just keep that there. But yeah, dude, um, you've been you've been crushing it lately. I can't wait to see how your picks uh, for the open manifest. And I've got my. I'm excited. Setup. I'm excited, man. This is a big pod. We got a full force amount of Sean. Listen, it's been about time. It's been about time. Yeah. But all right. Um, here we go. So, Tom, let's lead off here with just a little bit of NBA housekeeping. Um, Durant and Kyrie still have not been traded, but one little wrinkle into this whole thing was um, the New York Daily News posted a story last night about how Kyrie wants to be a Brooklyn Net, never requested a trade, and is focused on having his future in Brooklyn because he apparently loves being a Net. I don't know how true that is. Maybe it's easier to say when your market is terrible and the Lakers mm-hmm. won't even give up a two future first rounds eight years from now for you. But um, I don't know. What did you think of that? Do you make anything out of it? Do you think it was more what I just said? Like, what do you take from that story? I mean, I, I don't know what to think with Kyrie Irving. I don't think anybody does except Kyrie Irving. And I, I think certain times Kyrie Irving doesn't even know what to think because he changes his mind so often. But I do think it's the latter. I, I just think that there not even that the market fell apart, there was never a market for him. And we talked about it at nauseum on the last pod, how terrible both these Brooklyn Nets played their hands. Kyrie didn't really have a hand, and Kevin Durant doesn't really have much of a hand either. Um, so I, I think it's more just a little bit of cleanup, a little bit of shining on the image there. I think so, too. Because, like you said, he's been all over the place. And listen, would it completely shock me if all of the trade requests and he has to be a Laker thing was all smokescreen because he was upset that a deal wasn't getting done and maybe it was him putting pressure or maybe it was KD putting pressure uh, on the Nets to give him an extension? I don't know. But either way. It sounds like he's going to be a net. I, I I know Windhorse keeps saying that it's going to it's inevitable that he goes to the Lakers. They just a matter of finding a third team or whatnot. But we talked about it last week. Our, our bet right now is that both are in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. you know, if you talk about Kevin Durant, there's at maybe the a least little to start the season. At least to start the season. Now there's a little bit of juicy gossip that the Warriors have talked internally about a reunion with Durant. And we know that they have the package to go get him, but. I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I just don't think the Nets want to give him up, and I think they're really committed to trying to keep this thing together and, and go out one more time with, it, with a chance to win with these guys. 100% agree. Um, I think until it becomes completely untenable, and I don't even know what that looks like, I think the Nets are going to try and run it back. It's just been so much back and forth, and it's only been – it'll be two weeks tomorrow since Durant uh, Feels like requested a year. a trade. So it really does. So I'm sure this story will change about 800 more times mm-hmm. this summer. But, Tom, what I really want to get your thoughts on is now it sounds like the Utah Jazz are very open to trading Donovan Mitchell, and obviously everybody thinks New York Knicks. You have all these draft picks now. What are you thinking? I mean, to be honest, what I'm thinking is – it's Danny Ainge, and I don't think we talked enough about Danny Ainge on the other side of that Gobert trade. Um, the guy did it again, and I think if Danny Ainge calls you, you should have like somebody from the CIA that like reads people's voices or whatever, or some type of special operative guy that can tell you what, what he's thinking just by the sound of his voice because – if he calls me, if I'm the 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 Knicks GM, I just I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. It's like we talked about it. I think well, I talked about it on my other podcast, the Larry David in Curb, where when somebody's lying, they play that music. Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. They haven't done yeah, that in a few seasons, by the way, and I I really want them to bring that back. I every season I wait for it to happen, and it hasn't come in like three seasons. 
that music should be playing for Ainge every time. So first thing I'm thinking is R.J. Barrett's the first guy that has to be in that trade, and that makes me sad. Yeah, it, from every indication that came out today, they're not trading R.J. Barrett for anything. So um, I think Donovan Mitchell, I think one— got to see what the market is, you know? Well, for sure. I, I think, you know, the Miami rumors make sense. You know, Robinson, Hero— you know, maybe another young player and a lot of I, the picks is clearly with Danny Ainge's app. But you know what? And Simmons and Rosillo said this on on the pod, and it it, it makes total sense. It's like one, do you really want to take that Duncan Robinson extension extension back? And yeah, Tyler Hero is six man of the year. He's a nice player, but also on top of the the Duncan Robinson extension, would you rather a completely incompetent? I'm saying this as a Knicks fan franchises picks or would you rather a Miami picks that most likely are going to be in the 20s for all of those picks well that's the thing right like I I obviously know the answer and I think everybody else knows the answer to that question the Knicks went out of their way to make sure they stockpile draft picks well for a trade like this this is the opportunity to use them mm-hmm. along with maybe an Obi Toppin and a, and a quickly and, and potentially you know a guy like Grimes because Tom, the thing for me is it, it probably is in best the best case scenario what happened this past year was Donovan Mitchell's stock going down just a little bit where there are execs in the league, including Danny Ainge, who wonder whether he is a franchise building player, you know, the number one option, the face of a franchise and a winning team, where a couple of years ago we were easily convinced that that oh, was that the Denver case, series? right? Right. So my point now is with that being the case and there there being a little bit of mixed emotions on him throughout the league, this might be the perfect opportunity for the Knicks to pounce because they won't have to give up R.J. Barrett. They'll be asked for R.J. Barrett, but I don't think they're going to have to give him up in a deal. Well, I just I get scared when, when it's Danny Ainge. It seems to be that he's got the gift of the golden tongue or maybe he just doesn't fucking care and will hang up the phone if he doesn't get what he wants and the Knicks are desperate and he's not. And that's what I'm scared of. And I'm also the Knicks fan, so I'm thinking of the worst here. But I really, really hope you're right. Are they desperate, though? Are they desperate to go get you know, Mitchell? You, I think they really want him, but we, I don't we know if they're say, We say they're not, but they want to put asses in the seats. The, the Knicks are the Knicks, and they always want a star. I mean, look at their franchise history, and that's what kills me. No, listen, the history is the reason why you should feel the way you feel, and I get it. I totally, totally get it. First of all, you never have to worry about asses being put in the seats at MSG, so that's fine. Uh, but they do want the star. That's that's absolutely without question what they're after. They bring in Brunson. I think they have a lot of hope that he's going to be the, the linchpin there. You have a Julius Randle who's a trade asset, right? You know, maybe you kick him to Utah because, again, I don't think Utah, if they trade Donovan Mitchell, they have no interest in being a very competitive team. No, they're, they're going in for the, the French guy. Picks. Right. So I don't think the players is that big of a deal. I think what gets the job done is going to be all the draft picks. And, you know, like you said, would you rather be the rather have the Knicks draft picks or the Heat's draft picks? And the Knicks picks are where they are. So you tell me, Tom, you're the resident Knicks fan on the podcast. Is Donovan Mitchell in New York Nick in the next couple of uh, days to weeks? I think sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire, and I do think he is. I'm excited about it. I have to see the trade package. If R.J. Barrett is excluded from the trade package, I am going to be over the moon about it. You, you would feel? absolutely have to be. Yeah, you know, I, I think that there – I think inevitably he is a Nick. I think it just makes too much sense. The one thing I – the only caveat I will put out there is I do think they want to see – what the Nets are going to end up doing, and is Donovan Mitchell a part of a full potential three- or four-team blockbuster with the Nets? Because obviously the only way the Nets could get him is if they trade Simmons, which would probably be in a Kevin Durant trade, right? So um, if that doesn't happen and Miami is you know, not as attractive, if they don't give an offer that the Knicks do, if the Knicks give their best offer, he's a Nick. No doubt, no doubt, because I don't think there's many other teams that are buyers for him. Me neither. Me neither. And I think now Danny Ainge has recognized he'll say that we'll start the season with him. He knows it's in his best interest right now to get rid of him. Absolutely. I think, I think um, although his value is low, I think draft pick-wise is now is the time. 
it's lower, but it's not low. And I think that's yeah. the best. Yeah, of yeah. course. Anything else right, on the so. NBA? I mean, I think when when the summer gets slow, which honestly next week it's going to begin to get really slow, and we're going to talk MLB and we're going to talk a different type of NBA, we should go through each team's moves that are not as big, I think, but are impactful, like Joe Ingles going to the box and the Celtics getting Brogdon and whatnot, things like that, and talk about them because we're going to have nothing to talk, nothing else to talk about anyways in the weeks to come. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, you know, obviously we'll we'll be looking for content, so we'll be doing maybe some quarterback rankings. Get Will Smith on the podcast. Um, you know, little, Will Smith very stuff. very excited about Zach Wilson with the new news. Okay, Let, let's <laughs> let's talk about this. I'm so happy you brought it up because I wanted to talk about it. I mean, this guy, this guy, if he plays even halfway decent. He's a hero. He's a hero. And I mean, we're we're a bit of a we like to be. I don't want to say politically correct because we're definitely not, but like, I don't know. We play both sides. We play both sides here sometimes. So, is it right for people to feel this way about him? Is it right for the text that I sent Will and sent you about him? Because I probably wouldn't (laughs) do that. I'm in a great relationship right now. No, but like the guy's got that dog in him. Listen. We're serious when the topic needs to be serious, and we can fuck around when the topic can be fucked around with. And that's what this is. This doesn't impact him as a person. He didn't do anything that's criminal. His girlfriend will be just fine. His girlfriend will be just fine, and his mom's best friend went out. Go Cougs. Love it. Love it. I think it's a great story, and it will only help... His legend, if he goes out there and, and fucking throws bombs and touchdowns and the Jets are winning games. Because he's got everything, dude. He's got he's that got Brett everything. Favre in him, huh? Oh, he's got the Brett Favre gunslinger <laughs> in him in more ways than one. <laughs> oh, that's all that really needs to be said there. The Jets are winning the Super Bowl. That's what I texted you. I was like, "This is they're, they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's, it's Just book it now. Put it on the Substack. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, that's all that needs to be said. Let's talk a little MLB, the Yankees last night. I don't know if you watched the game. You probably did because we weren't recording. Absolutely broke my heart. I had them minus one and a half tied into a lot of parlays along with Garrett Cole. You saw it on the sub stack. Well, you didn't because you're not subscribed, but (laughs) whoever is and whoever looks saw that uh, Garrett Cole with the 8Ks had to sweat that out, had to sweat out the Mets and the Braves who I had um, their guys getting a certain amount of strikeouts. All hit. I'm cruising. I'm taking silly selfies of myself to send to my group chat because they all doubted me. (laughs) You know, topless with these sick sunglasses on. Like, just. And then I walk into the the guest room and it's three to two, Yankees. And I see the bases are loaded and fucking Peralta's coming in and just. At that point, I'm rooting for India to get a hit, and for them to tie it, and then go to extras. That's what I was rooting for because then a two-run home run gets me that spread cover. But that didn't happen. Just an all-time heartbreaker. But you know what? In the grand scheme of things, Holmes has been fucking incredible this year. You can't win them all. It broke my heart, but I am I'm happy with where the Yankees are at. Of course, Hicks goes and gets hurt. Um, I, believe- I feel bad for that, though. That was nasty. Fell the ball off his shin. Yeah, and, and he's been starting to cook a little bit, too. Um, he's been playing real well for the last, like, six weeks. Absolutely. Um, but that, that just accentuates the fact that the Yankees need and will be going out to get outfield help. You want Brian Reynolds. I'm okay with either Reynolds, Benintende, or Hap. I'm cool with either either or any of them. Um, and then what, what, do you, what else do you think we need? Maybe another starter? Sevy also today, by the way, I don't know if you saw the news, is going to get an MRI. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, it's there's a couple things that I want to touch on here. The game last night was kind of the third straight game where shit's gone wrong that hasn't gone wrong literally all season, right? Like, you think about Saturday, the recipe is there. They're going to take the first three against Boston, and the bullpen doesn't hold there. Um Holmes blows it, and then uh, Peralta blows it. And then Sunday, 
you know, the Yankees get off to this huge lead and Tyon, who's really been dog shit for the last like five or six times through the rotation, coughs it up and they're kicking the ball all over the place. And as a result, you know, this is a team that it has been clicking on all cylinders, but they lose a couple in a row. And then obviously culminating in last night where Clay Holmes did his best to roll this Chapman imitation. But I think, Tom, what we're seeing here is a team that's played so well all year where we think that they're pretty much unblemished. And they're going through a phase where they're just not all that sharp. And it happens. And this is why, you know, you build up such an immense lead in the division and why you've gone on all these streaks. Because inevitably, in the course of a baseball season, I mean, we've seen the Baltimore Orioles rattle off 10 wins in a row. They're now over 500. The Mariners have won 11 in a row. They're killing it. The Reds, even, who came into last night winning six in a row, might win eight in a row tonight. So that's what happens. The best teams struggle. The bad teams go on runs. Yeah. That's what it is. The bottom of the um, MLB doesn't look as shitty as it did a little bit earlier. Baltimore's getting hot. You know, a lot of these teams, I feel like Colorado's the shittiest team right now. Colorado's awful. And obviously you've got the Cubs. But there's a few wrinkles I want to throw in to what you talked about when you brought up the Yanks just now and, and get your thoughts on them. So Go obviously ahead. Severino down Domingo Herman looks like he's on his way back up as is um, Jonathan Loisaga. But Tom, this Aaron Hicks injury, the good news is MRI came back negative. He said he feels fine. It should only be a few days, but I don't know if you saw this crazy ass news. There's 10 members of the Kansas city Royals who will not be going to Toronto for their series up there one of which being andrew benintendi meaning he's not vaccinated oh so can the yankees afford because it sounds like brian reynolds even if they wanted to trade for him they can't now because he's out with an oblique injury and we know how those go do the yankees now pivot and maybe go to ian Happ? because can you trust andrew benintendi i don't know if they can talk to players who are currently under contract with another team um during trade negotiations or whatever and say, are you going to get vaccinated? But I think that's an immediate no. If you yeah, try I don't to think you can, him. I don't think you can take that risk. I don't think you can Such either. A stupid so, so law. That. I hate to say it. It's a stupid law, but also it like my question law. to you is, do you think that, do you think that Ben and if he's being told he's being traded to the Yankees would change? Because there were some Yankees famously unvaccinated heading into the season, but knowing they had a chance to win a world series and that would have to probably go through Toronto uh, ended up getting it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, it's really, you know, this thing is weird. It's, it's some of these principal people, players' principles go above winning and losing baseball games, and I get that, and I guess I respect it. And for me, looking at it as a Yankees fan and as a Yankees perspective, I just don't think you can take that risk. I agree with you. So, hap it is. Yeah, I would be fine with that because it sounds like Gallo's on his way out. Um, you know, the Yankees are, are have been in contact with teams uh, for Joey Gallo. What are they getting for him? Fucking cash considerations? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I, he's We've talked about it. Addition by subtraction. Yep, that's the term you've used, and it's been perfect, and that's what it'll be. He, you see already he's not playing in a lot of big games right now. Um, he's only playing tonight because Hicks is hurt. He sat the final two games at Fenway against right You know what's going to suck, though. Wherever he goes, he's going to fucking tear it up. I mean, he'll be better than what he is now, but I still think that player, that kind of player is the kind of player that kills you in a postseason series. And the Yankees are not going to allow that player to to hurt them in the postseason. Um, So there's that. But as far as the trade deadline, Tom, we're a couple weeks away, but it's coming up fast. The Yankees are going to have a first row seat to Luis Castillo tomorrow night as he's going to face Nestor Cortez. And that's the guy that more and more, I've identified as the number one target because I want another high upside pitcher who can go in when he has his best stuff and absolutely shut down an opposing lineup. Love it. I I couldn't agree more. I don't know how much. How much will we have to give up for him? Do we care? It would be a lot. It'd yeah. be a lot. But this is the year to do it. Like I, I say this all the time. I hope you agree. What are you saving these prospects for? Absolutely. This is the time. No, I, I I definitely agree. I think this is the year to do it um, because I mean, like, you got to win at some point. We got to stop holding out, right? 
you got to stop holding out. And, you know, the reason you built this organizational depth, right? Like, I've been thinking about it. Look at the Dodgers, right? The reason that they go out and make these crazy summertime deals, like last year with Trey Turner and Scherzer, and they got your Darvish a few years ago, Manny Machado, is because not only did they develop their prospects, but they replenished their system so fucking well. I mean, a lot of these guys the Yankees have are never, ever, ever going to play for the Yankees, especially if you sign guys like IKF, right? Like, if, if at this point he's not being sat for Peraza or Volpe, who the hell is going to be the starting shortstop, especially if you're not going to spend for one of the top guys? Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think it's time to empty the farm because, like you said, good organizations are going to reload anyways. The Yankees are more than fine in terms of in terms of organizational depth. So I would love to see uh, Luis Castillo wearing Yankee pinstripes in another couple of weeks, and then maybe go out and get another starter, maybe an innings e- an innings eater, um, or you just have you throw Herman into that rotation. Yeah, no, I wouldn't mind that at all. Herman's been very good when he is allowed to play. Um, you want to talk about the Mets? I think we have to give them that's their due. How about you lead us off? They just took two, three from the Braves today. Oh, I mean, their pitching has really turned it around. Bassett pitched incredible today. He hit. He helped me hit a parlay. Check out the sub stack. That was a little early game parlay so we could just get our money and run and go to bed early tonight because these West Coast games, because I'm a big, I got to see the ball go through the rim. You know what I mean? So I got to watch every single game that I fucking bet on, and sometimes these <laughs> West Coast games don't end until 2 o'clock in the morning, and it hurts the next day. This one oh, felt yeah. really good for it to be done at about 6 p.m. Um, their pitching has really turned it around, and Lindor is starting to hit. I know he's got that broken finger, which definitely affects him, but it seems to be coming around. He had a really nice throw today, and it is on his throwing hand. And there's a guy on the Mets I really want to give credit to because he's a throwback kind of player, and you don't see him a lot, and that's this guy fucking Guillermo, or however you pronounce his name. Guillermo. He is just – he can play any fucking infield position you stick him at. He's going to play damn near gold glove defense, and he just is a hit machine. No, he's awesome. Uh, he is a main reason why the Mets are as good as they are is because he could play everywhere, like you said – his offense was always a question. His defense never was, but now he's hitting bombs. Um, and Tom, I gotta tell you what, I love the feel of this team. I, I know too. that I know that the Braves have been, you know, breathing down their necks in the last two months. But my God, like, well, to grab two or three, to grab two or three in Atlanta. Yep, that was huge, and they did. I mean. Olsen, Olsen got his. I think he had two or three home runs on the series. But aside from that, they pretty much shut down that lineup. Well, aside from when, a couple of hits from Riley. Yeah, it helps when Scherzer starts that series. And he went against Freed. But Scherzer was just saying, Freed you know, I, I'm, bed, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking ownership of this game, this series, and this is why you got me. Right? No so, doubt about it. And they, they, they got a couple of all-stars on this team, rightfully so, with uh, Marte, Alonzo. Um, I think two more guys got named as well. They just, you know what? And we've said it for the last three weeks. I'm going to say it again. They need bullpen help. They need bullpen help desperately, Tom. I think they're going to address the bullpen with not one, but potentially two moves. And I also think they need another bat. They get no production out of the DH spot. I know. I mean, Um, listen, Canna or whatever his name is had a bomb last night, but it's very few and far between. Yeah, he's... Listen, he is very good at what his role is, which is, you know, fourth outfielder. Come off Yankees the bench, just on a, Yankees just won on a walk-off, by the way. Let's um, go. Turn it around. Uh, two straight wild pitches. Um, I'm not, I didn't bet on them tonight, which is the reason why they won. I, I said to my friends, I said, the Yankees are winning 70% of their games this year. I think every time I've bet on them, they've lost, so. We're staying away. <laughs> yes, yeah, stay away. But hey, uh, good good win for them. But yeah, getting back to the Mets, I think that you know this is the kind of series that if you're a Mets fan, that you say, see, this season's different because last year at this time, even if they were playing good baseball, they find a way to lose two or three. But they didn't have Max Scherzer, and I really believe Tom that when all said and done, we talk about Bassett being a huge addition. We talk about you know Peterson throwing big innings. If if you have a healthy Degrom and Scherzer, and you go into the postseason. 
you're beating teams simply not just because of how good they are, but other teams are flat out scared. No, no doubt about it. And Degrom is already pitching in a couple of rehab stints, and he's touching a hundred already. So he's coming back soon. Mets will finish the uh, first half at home against the lowly Cubs. Uh, you look for a sweep there and and head into the All Star break feeling good. Maybe pick up another game or two uh, on the Braves. But great series by them today. And uh, yeah, you just got to give them a lot of credit. No doubt about it, man. Um, I mean, a Subway Series, World Series would be a hell of a lot of fun. It'd be nuts, bro. It'd be absolutely nuts. A long way to go, but I think both teams, both New York teams, know what they need uh, to address come deadline time. And it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple weeks. Absolutely. Are right, you ready to talk open? Let's talk open, baby. All right, man. You want to go first? I think it's only right I let you go first. Even if you steal a couple guys out of my foursome, that's okay <laughs> by me. It's big news. You're coming out with a full foursome. It's a major week, and you're coming in a major way. So let's hear it. Let's hear a couple of reasons why you like it. I'm, I'm, I'm very pumped. You're going to be so proud of me. So <laughs> I, I uh, listened to uh, Tony Kornheiser's podcast, and he brings on Steve Sands of the Golf Channel on a lot, um, and he brings on Chuck Culpepper of uh, the Washington Post a lot, uh, who covers, who covers P- uh, the PGA and all things golf. So I've been doing my research. Here's nice. my Rory McIlroy leading off the foursome. Okay. I just, from everything that I've heard, he's in a really good place. He's playing great golf. Obviously, he won a tournament a a month ago. My number two guy is Max Homa. Oh, shit, you bastard, but I didn't have him. Feel great about Max Homa. Um, Just really do. And you got me uh, following that – Zyre Golf, and they, they do a lot of Max Homa content from his social, and I love him. Um, number three, I'm taking a relatively local guy. I know he's Irish, but I'm going with Shane Lowry. Okay. Uh, That's a lengthy guy. He's also got an men- open win. Yeah, you've mentioned him on a few occasions, uh, giving your picks. And then fourth, I'm going uh, Louis Oosthuizen. You bastard. That was one of my guys. Did you read you read the Substack? You like, I did not. Bitch? You'll see. I'm still not subscribed. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm going really Oosthuizen. I believe he has an open under his belt as well. He does. Uh, He's usually a bridesmaid, always the bride kind of guy, but he was in my foursome. So there's my foursome. Uh, stole a few from you, but what do you think? I, I'm very proud of you. It's a it, Listen, it's a, it's a formidable foursome. I worry about Max. I don't know if he's a couple more years, a couple more wins under his belt. I think he'll be ready to go. But I, I would not be shocked if he won it. Very exciting. So, Tom, um, do you want to give your picks here on the pod? And then we can talk about the Open because I do have some questions for you. Sure. We'll go for the picks first. Number one in the leadoff spot of my foursome, I have Xander Shoffley. Um, first of all, he's won back-to-back events. Sometimes that's a stay away from me, but nice little stat from Justin Ray. Over the last 10 years, five players have been coming off back-to-back wins going into a major. All five have finished in the top 10. Also, Xander, Xander, over I believe the last 10 years, has the most top 10s in majors. It's time for Xander to get one. The guy's game is better than it ever has been right now. He's hot as hell. Give me Xander Shoffley. Um, I also have him in a top 10 bet. Check out the sub stack. I'm done giving these out for free on the pod. Go subscribe to the sub stack. <laughs> um, the sub stack is free for now, by the way. Um, number two for me in there is Jordan Spieth. He's really doing really well this year in strokes gained. Uh, also, he has an open championship under his belt. And Justin Ray, again, big guy for me that I follow a lot. He wrote an article about the best Lynx golfers and... Jordan Spieth is one full strokes gained per round above every single other player in golf for Lynx Golf. I think we can consider St. Andrews a Lynx Golf course since it is one of the OGs, the home of golf. So give me Jordan Spieth. Number three, Sean, you stole the words right out of my mouth. Louis <laughs> Uthstazen. 
He is at plus 4,000. I know he moved over to live. Don't care. He shows up for majors, especially the Open Championship. He's got a win under his belt. And a little something on the side that I recommended in the Substack was, I don't think he's going to win this tournament, but if you have an app like FanDuel or um, DraftKings, they're going to offer you a cash-out option if he's got a lead through one, two, or three rounds. Like I did last time with my Willie Zalatoris turned $50 into 260 cashing out after three rounds when he was sleeping on the lead. That's the reason why I have Ustazen in here. Bet him at plus 4,000, and if he's got the lead after one, two, or three rounds and they give you a cash-out option, take it. It's a good investment to make. And then I can't take Rory because I, I'm going to let Rory miss me. He's broken my heart too many times. I'm going to be so happy if he does win, but I'm tired of losing money on him. I'm going Matt, Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick here. Okay. The guy just had a big balls win in the U.S. Open. He's from, I think, Scotland. I don't know. Over there somewhere. Um <laughs> He's won a lot on the Euro Tour. I, I just think he he plus not to mention he hits he crushes the shit out of the ball, um, and his his strokes gained from the tee has really gone up his driving distance. Not that that gives you a crazy advantage at St Andrews, but I think driving the distance gives you an advantage anywhere when you have the short game that he does. Even though he uh, chips like with his hands, I guess you would call it opposite handed. I don't know if you've ever seen him chip, but no. So it's essentially like batting righty but holding a baseball bat as if you're batting lefty. So left hmm. hand over right hand, but he's lights out with it, so I can't argue with it. Give me Matthew Fitzpatrick. And a side bet I'm going to give you here is give me your boy Bryson DeChambeau to miss oh, the cut. Love it. Because love it. I know that would make you happy. A couple of reasons. One, he's ha- he has not been 100% this year. And two... Bryson is an analytical guy, and he loves green reading books. Number one, there's no green reading books here. And number two, the thing about Lynx Golf is that the, the, the shot doesn't end when the ball hits the ground. So there's an extra variable in there that you can't account for with your scientific numbers or whatever. You got to take the guys that like Jordan Spieth that can hit the fucking finesse shot and are, are guys for the moments. This isn't wing foot. This isn't Bay Hill where you can just bomb and gouge because the ball is going to sit and check the second you hit the, the second it hits the ground. You need to have a little bit of a little bit of flair. And, and that's not Bryson's game. So give me him to miss the cut. I don't care what the odds are. Love it. That's, that is very good, very strong, detailed explanation behind that bet. Thank so you. anybody, you better listen to this podcast and, and put that bet in there. Um, so, Tom, just a few questions, you know, prepping for this tournament is I know it's starting early. Um, yeah. Maybe even before we get into the tournament, let me just cover this real fast. What did you make of Tiger's comments? It was the first time he publicly spoke about players who joined Live. I thought he took a very statesmanlike approach with the way he uh, really went after Greg Norman there. Um, and it really, you know, I don't know how much clout it's going to have, even with players who, who idolize him. But what did you make of his comments? And did you think that he, he handled it the right way? I mean, I did. Again, you said it was statesman-like. I thought it was. I would. I would say the word classy because I don't think he really got personal with it. But you could. But there was personal undertones that could be that could be held there, like basically saying like what we built, what Tiger has the right to say, and a less classy guy would have said is what basically what I built. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'm glad he did finally take a stance. Uh, maybe he listens to the pod. Maybe he could have me down to. Um, I don't know where he lives in Florida. I think it's Jupiter. I'd be happy to come visit and we could talk about my business plans for the tour um, and, and, and actually trying to grow the game and, and do it the right way. But I, I really liked what he said. And and you, Greg Norman's a fucking snake in the grass. And I get it. I get his idea that he tried to do a million years ago when he tried to make a separate tour and Arnold Palmer was like, get the fuck out of here basically to him in the locker room and, and he finally got his wish, but he went about it the wrong way and he deserved to, to basically get the hammer put down on him from tiger. I, I loved every word of it and I'm glad he waited until he 
could come up, I guess, with the proper statement. And I'm glad he waited until one of the, if not the most important time in this season of golf. Yeah, and the 150th anniversary of St. Andrews, right? Like that is yes, uh, the 150th Open at the home of golf, St. Andrews. Yeah, and I thought too, just to put a bow on this part, is Greg Norman apparently was not even invited to the uh, Champions Dinner uh, that they have because he's won, I believe, two Open Championships. So so that's pretty strong there. Um, And obviously, we know that the the each individual. Master Invitational will have their own say in whether they want to invite um, these live players or not. Um, but that's oh, a yeah, conversation for another mm-hmm. time. But um, how do we think? How do we see the forecast this weekend? You know, notoriously, I think of St Andrews being played in in fog mm-hmm. and in a little bit of rain, and the course being soft. Um, what's the What's the forecast looking like? And and from well, what you see, how soft, do you think the course the, is going to be? Uh, but the it uh, that's not how Lynx golf plays. It's all on the ground. Um, I mean, I, I just I just happened to uh, to Google weather in St. Andrews. It's looking like we're gonna have rain for the first two days, and then we're gonna have just overcast. So exactly the way you're thinking about it is probably gonna be what it's looking like here. Okay. Um. So whose style of play do you find like that that is most catered to? Honestly, I, I really like your guy, Lowry. I just think, I mean, you saw him at, um, what was it, in um, at the U.S. Open at the Country Club. The guy just knows how to, like, if, there's, if the wind's whipping or if the rain's pouring, he knows how to keep the ball low. He's just a fucking gamer. I, re- I really like your Lowry pick, and I, I could see him holding the trophy at the end. But also, I think just the fact that this course is – Modern technology has kind of outpaced this course. Honestly, I think 24 under is going to win this tournament, something like that. It's not going to be a 12, 10, 8 under. It's going to be in the 20s, regardless of the weather. That was going to be my next question, honestly. So great job. This is why, you know, this this shit works here is I was going to ask where you saw the uh, the the winning being also what do you think the cuts looking like well uh i'd say i'd say you got to be at like four under yeah you know because if if that's what the winner's looking like i I, you got to be sitting at like three four under can i guess the next question and then sure is tiger gonna make the cut Yep. <laughs> Just take it. I actually have a bet in there for him to make the cut. And I, I really do believe he – because you know what? He took this shit serious. He skipped out on the country club because it was a tougher walk and he wanted to get himself in shape. It's flat. It's a flat field, basically a pasture. Um, now, the weather's not going to be great on, on a surgically repaired leg, basically. I'm sure that's going to hurt like hell. But it's an easier walk, and I think he's absolutely going to make the cut. Absolutely love it. Yeah, absolutely I mean, love it. Yep. You got anything else? No, man. That was that was basically it. Just wanted to get a feel for the tournament. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited out of it that I can. And you know, for people like you, that because it's fucking like I I hate how they set up every type of golf now, where especially the majors where. At 6 a.m. or whatever, not that you and I are going to be waking up to watch it, but at 6 a.m. you got to watch it on Peacock, and then at at, mm-hmm. at 3 p.m. you got to watch it here and there and everywhere. It's kind of like how the Yankees are fucking broadcasting their games now. You know my stance well, on that. Well, every team. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, but uh, but I'm just going to call it the Yankees because we're a class organization. We're above that, and we should just tell them to fuck off. We're we're the Notre Dame of baseball. Um, we're independent, <laughs> even though Notre Dame is probably not going to be for long. Um, I, if you, what was I going to say? Um, if you want to know where it's being played, go look at No Laying Up on Twitter. I think they put out a picture of the broadcasting at the times just because it gets super confusing. So if you go on Twitter, at No Laying Up, free plug to them. I love their content anyways. You can see times and, and where you got to go to watch it. Beautiful. We've done a lot of plugs today for other other folks, but you've dropped the sub stack about seventy times on this. Yeah, podcast. again, the, 
the easiest way to get a look at the Substack for the first time is at Sorry Sports on Twitter. It automatically uploads to there. Once you click the Substack, tucked in there somewhere is an auto-subscribe thing, and then it'll be right in your email inbox along with a thousand um, debt collectors for some people. And, you know, your car insurance is up and, and uh, you know, you want to turn $100 into a million. So I think that's better content than any of that bullshit. So you might as well subscribe. I mean, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Well, I'm looking forward to the tournament, man. And, um, Me too. yeah, it should be fun. And, you know, I think we can just tease what we're going to probably be doing here in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. We've got the All-Star game uh, for for baseball next week with the first part of the Jeter documentary. I, w- I think what we need to do is both try to watch the, the, and oh, be yeah. up to date oh, on yeah. the Jeter docs and, and add that. Into we can't our, be a Yankees pod and not watch our childhood idol and not no. talk about it. Uh, so we'll cover some of that. Obviously, the trade deadline's getting close. If there's any news in the NBA, obviously, we'll be all over it. Uh, we'll do a recap next week of the Open Championship and, and get Tom's thoughts there. And then, um, you know, coming forward here in, in the dog days of summer, after the MLB trade deadline, we're going to be doing some NFL stuff as we ramp up. Maybe get Will Smith on for oh, some yeah. quarterback rankings. We'll talk about some um, – some maybe do recaps of moves that we have uh, happened in the NBA and NFL in case people forgot all about all the signings that happened back in March. Let's do what we did that time where you had Eli Manning in that stupid tier. I I guess we'll do quarterback tiers. Perfect. Love it. Yeah, no doubt. And then we'll be doing, um, I think next week or over these next couple of weeks, we're going to go over every team in the MLB. We'll go up and down and, and make a few comments on what we think of them. And then, also, I texted you. I be- did I text? No, I didn't text you because I think I left it as a Uh-oh. teaser, right? My yeah. my list of my top thirteen NBA players of all time. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm gonna need you to put something together yourself. Okay. You well, know, so- I-, I will probably be a line. Just because we're both smart individuals, but there may be a little bit of room for debate there. So these weeks are getting slow, but we're going to keep cranking it out. We navigated a fucking pandemic with no <laughs> sports for four months. I, I think we'll be just fine. So, yeah, everybody, stay tuned for that. Um, obviously, you know, looking forward to everything this weekend. Tom, are you local this weekend? What do you got going on? I am headed to Boston, Massachusetts this, this right. Saturday. So I will be. Back in a non-gambling state, I'm not happy about it. I stopped my feet about it, but uh, I didn't. Uh, I was vetoed, so I'll be in Boston this weekend. I think I'll be local next weekend for the first time in what feels like the entire summer. Um, and then I think I'm 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 going away the first week in August. I'll be home for your homecoming, at least Love one it. night out of it. Um, and yeah, I mean I'm I'm. I'm honestly looking forward for the summer to settle down a little bit. What about you? What have you been up to? No, I bet, man. I mean, it sounds like it feels like every single weekend you're you're somewhere. Um, I know. Well, I am. I got a buddy of mine down here who's uh, turning thirty on Friday, so his family from uh, Richfield, Connecticut, honestly, is driving is flying down. Oh, and, I was going to um, say driving. Ran, I don't. No, love, they, I don't love they, anyone that much. No, uh, but they rented a uh, Airbnb in Lakeway, which oh is yeah, really you nice mentioned area, that so. nice. So I'll be hanging out there Friday after work, and then Saturday and and some of Sunday too. So I'm looking forward to that. There will be a bunch of our friends here and his family who I know. So that'll be cool. Um, and yeah, just try to stay cool, man. Honestly, like I last weekend, I went to uh, the farmers market and I went to a couple breweries, and it was like. Just standing outside for 10 minutes, I felt like I ran a marathon. Like, I can't tell you how tired and just, like, I'm thirsty all the time. It's crazy hot here, man. It well, really... it's tough to drink, too. I mean, you're drinking alcohol. Yeah. That's, that's not helping. No, it's not. And that's why it's like I had a beer. And, like, even coffee. Like, it's I'm, I'm a coffee drinker. You know that. Yeah. And I, sometimes I'm like, I don't even want this because it's well, just yeah, dry. The part that sucks more. with coffee is whether you drink it iced or, or hot, when it's hot, you feel so bloated. Even yeah. if you drink it black, which I think you and I both drink coffee black, yep. um, it, you just feel bloated and weighed down just because it's so fucking hot out. 
no, it's awful. Like you just, I just feel disgusting. Like I, I can't get enough showers in me. I'm just sweating like nonstop. Well, yeah, the second you get out of the shower, sweat. even if you have air conditioning, it's like, is this just because I got out of the shower or am I sweating again? Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't take, it's just, it's gnarly. Like I literally turned my car on the other day. It was in the sun and it said 114 degrees. I was like, oh. Is this summer? Because I feel like this is the first time that you're like, you've been down there since 2020, right? I got down here in December of 2020, yeah. So you've, you've been down there like a year and what, six months or something like that? So about you a, a, yeah, about a year and a half. You had a full summer under your belt. I feel like you didn't really complain about it, it this much last year. It wasn't summer. this bad last year. Really? I'll, I'll give you – so I thought it was hot, but I didn't think it was insane. And I was thinking, oh, maybe it's not that bad. I'll give you a um, quick perspective on it. There were three days of all last year that hit triple digits, and they were all in August. We've had 16 consecutive days in triple digits, wow. and we had three triple-digit days in May. Wow. So it's, it's different. Like every day, like you look, just open your weather app and look at Austin. It's like 106, 105, 108, 102, 103. It's like – Oh, so yeah, I, so it really is night, worse. Yeah. It's 100 degrees at 9 at night, like – it's a, it's still 98, hundred degrees. So I would assume in your new apartment or any house down there, central air conditioning is just like a given. Yeah. Like there are, I don't think there are apartment buildings are allowed to not have central air AC. Well, so. that's nice. So there's that, but enough bitching. It's still great. And I'll take it over the winter up there any day. Hey, uh, you saying no that kind of convinces me possibly to even still think about going down there. That's a statement. That is the statement. Well, you know, in the winter time when you've had it up there on another thirty-five degree, slightly overcast day in February, get down here and and hang out with me for a weekend. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. What are you, you doing in Boston? Uh, it's uh, it's my girlfriend's Michaela's uh, sister's birthday, and she just moved to Boston. Like I don't know, last week. Okay. Cool. So she better. She's gonna be taking her ass down to Greenwich come my birthday. You can fucking bet bet the house on that. If I have already, to go up better, there, they better be planning already for it. Oh, it's, it should be a national holiday. <laughs> should be a national holiday. Uh, well, that's awesome, man. Well, I hope you have a great time. Enjoy the golf. Hopefully, this uh, this the Yankees and Red Sox have one more series this coming weekend too in New York prior to the uh, prior to the All Star break. So hopefully. Uh, Yankees do some winning and shut up some people up there. I hope so because I mean, my uncle next across the street just—they're just delusional, man. Like he's talking shit, like oh, well, it's more his son, but he's like, oh, have you looked at their schedule? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So then I pulled the schedule out and I'm like, you're just being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, it's—I—I I just love it because the rivalry, no matter how good one team is or bad the other team is or whatever the grand scheme of things is, both franchises or both fan bases rather hate each other and that'll never end. So, um, with that, Tom, have a great time. Everybody enjoy the pod and, uh, we'll be back with you next week. Yes, sir. Enjoy the golf. Have a good weekend up at the lake.